In the prior reading on uh, the Thomas Taylor's additional notes on the life of Pythagoras, we had read the assertion that all things are simulated to number. <laughs> so we continue from that point, and uh, the next quotation or a note, detailed note is, this number is the first that partakes of every number. And when divided in every possible way, receives the power of the numbers subtracted and of those that remain. So we'll guess what number is it. <laughs> How do we know this? You should intuitively know what this number is. <laughs> if it's innate in nature. <laughs> it's one. No, I, I don't know. This is unusual. It says, because six consists of one, two, three. The first three, the, the two first of which are the principles of all numbers, and also because two and three are the first even and odd, which are the sources of all the species of numbers, the number six may be said to partake of every number, <laughs> in which I implicus afterwards adds, I suppose he alludes to six being a perfect number and therefore equal to all its parts. Wow. Wow, so who would have known that six was a perfect number? I know. You know. How do you know? It has a special perfection. Why? Geometry. Geometry. And the hexagon, you know, the, the beehive, uh, mm. the Yeah. Well, you're an architect, I thought. So how, why is it a perfect number? It has a certain perfection, I said, according to a certain. my understanding of the mm. patterns I did. Patterns, patterns, yeah. You know, when you have circles of the same diameter, the same radius together, the tangents of those circles create a hexagon. Seems Always. like a nice number, six. <laughs> but otherwise, the rest, mm. I don't understand why they do this. You think we should meditate for six hours straight? For six months. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. hmm. If you meditate six hours a day for six months, you, know, you quantitatively are likely to reach enlightenment. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. mm. That's like the minimum. It's quantitative enlightenment. Uh -huh. Six what? Minutes? What's six minutes do? It's the number six. Well, there's there's a lot of sixes around, like uh, mm. don't we have six parts of the day almost? You have morning, afternoon, evening, and night. <laughs> what? Oh, well, I don't know about six. That's a that's. The next point is not to step above the beam of the balance. Uh -huh. You're advised, dear, not to step above the beam of the balance. Uh -huh. This is the fourteenth symbol in the protreptics of Iambicus. Why isn't there like a book that lists the protreptics of Iambicus? Maybe the well, maybe we're getting some of it here anyways. Whose explanation of it is as follows. This symbol 
exhorts us to the exercise of justice, to the honoring equality and moderation in an admirable degree, and to the knowledge of justice as the most perfect virtue to which the other virtues give completion, and without which none of the rest are of any object, uh, advantage. They must have like a con like a ancient Greek concept of justice. I don't know if it's the same as what we have, but they I wonder what exactly they mean. I guess it's in Plato. It also admonishes us that it is proper to know this virtue not in a careless manner, but through theorems and scientific demonstrations. But this knowledge is the business of no other art and science than the Pythagoric philosophy alone, which in a transcendent degree honors disciplines before everything else. Mm -hmm. You can honor disciplines. Mm -hmm. The following extract, also from my theoretic arithmetic, uh, will in a still greater degree elucidate this symbol. The information contained in it is derived from the anonymous author of a very valuable work entitled... Oh my goodness. I can't read the Greek. It says Theo Wo. Rochiva apu authoritas theologomena arithmetke. It's actually theologomena arithmetike. The arithmetics of theology. <laughs> the theological arithmetic. <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> Mm, a very valuable work, uh, an anonymous author, author. This is Thomas Taylor talking about some book. Uh, very valuable, of which has lately been reprinted at Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig. I don't know if Leipzig, where that is. Quote, the Pythagoreans called the Pentad Providence and... Uh, Justice, because it equals things unequal, justice being a medium between excess and defect, just as five is the middle of all the numbers that are equally distant from it on both sides, as far as to the decad, some of which it surpasses and by others is surpassed, as may be seen in the following arrangement. I just have an arrangement here. It says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And fives in the middle of like a square. For here, as in the middle of the beam of a balance, five does not depart from the line of the equilibrium, which while one scale is raised and the other is depressed. And the following arrangement also, vis-a-vis -vis one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it will be found that the sum of the numbers which are posterior is triple the sum of those that are prior to five. Um, that means that for six, seven, eight plus nine equals thirty, but one plus two plus three plus four equals ten. 
So he's saying the posterior numbers yeah, are three so times. Three times more, ten and those They're three times the first numbers. Mm -hmm. Okay. If therefore the numbers on each side of five represent the beam of a balance, uh, five being the tongue of it, when a weight depresses the beam, an obtuse angle is produced by the depressed part of the tongue and an acute angle by the elevated part of the beam. Hmm. Hence it is worse to do than to suffer an injury, and the authors of the injury verge downward, as it were, to the infernal regions, but the injured intend upward, as it were, to the gods imploring divine assistance. Hence, the meaning of the Pythagoric symbol is obvious. Quote, Pass not above the beam of the balance. Yeah, it says the meaning is uh, obvious. How come I don't get it? And I'm, I'm not that... Uh... Do you get it? <laughs> I didn't listen. You didn't listen. Uh... Something about balanced. Uh, well, we had the balance. Do not step above the beam of the balance. Uh, there's some sort of like balance level here between the numbers. Uh -huh. If you end as he does uh, before five and after five, mm. you find the balance between them. Let's say it's 60, 30, where you have to go from that word of balance. We're going to have to study ancient number theory. <laughs> you know, so, so ten, and if you start four, over from scratch. Five, be 15, and six would be 11. Mm -hmm. And seven, it's already the balance. It's over already. Mm. We'll have to get like a gymnast on a balance beam and work out the numbers. <laughs> Since, however, injustice pertains to inequality, in order to correct this, equalization is requisite, that the beam of the balance may remain on both sides without obliquity. Obliquity. Hmm. Interesting word, obliquity. Is that like oblique? Without obliquity? Without obliqueness. But equalization is affected by addition and subtraction. Thus, if 4 is added to 5 and 4 is taken from 5, the number 9 will be produced on one side and one on the other, each of which is equally distant from 5. Thus, too, if 3 is added to 5, is also subtracted and on the one side, 8 will be produced, and on the other side, 2. Uh -huh. mm. If two is added to five, and likewise taken from it, seven and three will be produced. By adding one to five, subtracting one from it to six and four will be the result in which all which instances and numbers produced are equidistant from five, and the sum of each couple is equal to ten. <laughs> this is matrix uh, algebra now. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. Mm. I don't know why they going into why they go into it into doing that yet. oh they see it somehow as significant here we have to think uh, 
you have to think that way. Maybe it is somehow. I don't know. If you look and study numbers, you can find many, many significant accommodations <laughs> you can call. I think if I can contact that same goddess that Ramanujan had and get her to do my thinking. I remember that math goddess from the life of Ramanujan. I don't know. I wish she could do all my mathematics for me. Such as, next one is, such as dig not fire with a sword. Hmm. Dig not a fire with a sword. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to read this to find out what it means. Huh. It takes care and becomes bigger. There is a, another book like the Golden Verses of Pythagoras. These are like... Well, these are these are the symbols in the protreptics, as I said. This is the ninth symbol in the protreptics. We should know all the symbols of the protreptics. Uh -huh. We could get a list. Uh -huh. mm. We could get the list somewhere. We could look it up. We could have you know who look it up. <laughs> I don't know if she could do it. She needs to be connected to Google AI, though I don't know if her AI is as good as Google's AI. But we could have an intelligence contest between Miss A and Google AI. <laughs> this is the ninth symbol in the protreptics uh, and is thus explained by Ambicus. This symbol exhorts to prudence. Uh, for it excites in us an appropriate conception with respect to the propriety of not opposing sharp words to a man full of fire and wrath, nor contending with him. For frequently by words you will agitate and disturb an ignorant man, and will yourself suffer things dreadful and unpleasant. Errat, Heraclitus, here we have Heraclitus comes in. Heraclitus also testifies to the truth of this symbol, for he says, quote, It is difficult to fight with anger, for whatever is necessary to be done redeems the soul. And thus he says truly, For many, by gratifying anger, have changed the condition of their soul and have made death preferable to life. For by governing the tongue and being quiet, friendship is produced from strife. The fire of anger being extinguished, and you yourself will not appear to be destitute of intellect. Now, a lot of teachers say don't uh, try to reason with an angry person. <laughs> Such as dig not fire with a sword. Like, if somebody's, like, highly angry and you start trying to okay, fight with them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but they don't have the symbols and the protreptics ironed out <laughs> into their head, you know. And what is the symbol? The ninth symbol. 
We could have that impressed upon our heads uh, with Miss A, and uh, she could monitor everything. Next quote. But this follows from the whole being naturally prior to the part, and not the part to the whole. Hmm. But this follows from the whole being naturally prior to the part, and not the part to the whole. See what that means now. For whole sub... For like whole... Ten, huh? exists naturally before the part, what? like one to ten, one to... Whatever it is, ten. For whole sub... Co-subverts. For whole sub... Co-subverts, but is not co-subverted by part. Since if whole is taken away, part also is taken away, but the contrary does not follow. What does that mean? Huh. <laughs> what did you say it meant? What? This sentence. What sentence? But this follows from the whole being naturally prior to the part and not the part to the whole. Yeah. What like follows? Ten, uh, it is <laughs> to be prior to the part, but then mm. but the Like one plus two plus three plus four make uh, makes five. Can make ten. How much was it? Yeah, plus up to four. Thirty. Give you ten. Thirty as opposed to ten. I don't know. The numbers one to four is greater than give you ten. Yeah, I know. Ten is the whole. Okay. Well, I'll assume ten. that's the answer. <laughs> okay, the next quotation. Such, therefore, as have the intellective and gnostic part of virtue are denominated skillful and intelligent, but such as have the ethical and prelective part of it are denominated useful and equitable. Hmm. All right, it says here, the intellective is like skillful and intelligent, whereas ethical and pre-elective part are denominated useful and equitable. Hmm. Hmm, let's see what that means. The following account of the virtues is extracted from the notes to my translation of the Phaedro of Plato. The first of the virtues are the physical, which are common to brutes. Being mingled with the temperaments and for the most part contrary to each other and are rather pertaining to the animal. Or it may be said that they are illuminations from reason, when not impeded by a certain bad temperament, and that they are the result of energies in a former life. Of these, Plato speaks in the Politicus and the Laws. The ethical virtues which are above these are ingenerated by custom and a certain right opinion, and are the virtues of children when well-educated. 
These virtues also are to be found in some brood animals. Hmm. They likewise transcend the temperaments and on this account are not contrary to each other. These virtues Plato delivers in the laws. I guess we should read Plato's laws to find out what justice is. They pertain, however, at the same time both to reason and the irrational nature. In the third rank above these are the political virtues, which pertain to reason alone, for they are scientific, but they are the virtues of reason adorning the irrational part as its instrument. Through prudence adorning the Gnostic, through fortitude the irascible, and through temperance the epimetric power, or the power which is the source of desire. Epithymetric. Epithymetric. Huh. Alexa, can you define the word epithymetric? The adjective epic is usually defined as noting or pertaining to a long poetic composition, mm. usually centered upon a hero, in mm. which a series of great achievements mm. or events is narrated in elevated style. The adverb epic is usually defined as very, mm. extremely. The noun epic is usually defined as an epic poem. I don't think that's the right word exactly. <laughs> All right, I don't know. Uh, Alexa, can you pronounce the word E-P-I-T-H-Y-M-E-T-I-C? Here's something I found on the web. According to IndiataDay.in, also, the word takes three and a half hours to pronounce. The time you can spend to go out, watch a movie, and have dinner at the end. Weird. Weird. That's on the theme. Alright. That's what the words mean. Alright. But adorning, we don't know what it means. I'm telling you. It's not possible. Okay. The epic theme? The theme we're talking about, power, or the, the power, theme, with, theme. which is a source of desire. Yes, Alexa, about what? Theme. theme. Now we know what theme is. Okay. I'll just go on. But adorning all the parts of the irrational nature through justice, and of these virtues, Plato speaks much in the Republic. These virtues to follow each other. Above these are the cathartic virtues, which pertain to reason alone, withdrawing from other things to itself, throwing aside the instruments of sense as vain, repressing also the energies uh, through these instruments, and liberating the soul from the bonds of generation. Plato particularly unfolds these virtues in Phaedo. Prior to these, however, are the theoretic virtues, which pertain to the soul, introducing itself to nature superior to itself, not only Gnostically, as someone may be induced to think from the name, but also oracticly.
Dear, what is that word? Orectically. Erector means something that stands up, like uh, the human being stands up, uh, mm. not like the rest of the animals. For it hastens the to become, as it were, intellect instead of soul, and intellect possesses both desire and knowledge. These virtues are the converse of the political. For as the latter energize above things subordinate according to reason, so the former above out things more excellent according to intellect. These virtues Plato delivers in the Theaetetus. 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 According to Platonus. Platonus. Plotinus. According to Plotinus, there is also another gradation of the virtues besides these, vis-a-vis the paradigmatic. What would you say paradigmatic is? Paradigm. 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 Paradigmatic. Example. Example. For as our eye, which it is first illuminated by the solar light, is different from that which illuminates as being illuminated, but afterwards is in a certain respect united and conjoined with it and becomes, as it were, solar form, so also our soul at first indeed is illuminated by intellect and energizes according to the theoretic virtues but afterwards becomes, as it were, that which is illuminated and energizes uniformly according to the paradigmatic virtues. Mm. Alexa, define uh, paradigmatic. Sorry, I don't know that one. Goodness. Uh, Thought she knew everything. Ask you for paradigm. Well, I think she should try to listen and learn something here. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Paradigm? A paradigm. Alexa, define the word paradigm. Paradigm is usually defined as a set of forms, all of which contain a particular element, especially the set of all inflective forms based on a single stem or theme. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for paradigm. All right. You don't call it paradigm, but paradigm. I don't know. I know. She may suggest that we learn English, go back to school, and take a (laughs) basic class in English. Don't come back until you've learned English. It's like I have to go back to grade school almost. I never learned anything. (laughs) And it is the business indeed of philosophy to make us intellect, but of theurgy, theurgy. It's like, what is theurgy, like theology? Hmm. I used to know that. T-H-E-U-R-G-Y. To unite us to intelligibles so that we may energize paradigmatically. 
and as when possessing the physical virtues we know mundane bodies, for the subjects to virtues of this kind are bodies, so from possessing the ethical virtues we know the fate of the universe, because fate is conversant with irrational lives. Uh -huh. hmm. For the rational soul is not under fate, and the ethical virtues are irrational, because they pertain to the irrational part. Do you see that? Isn't that interesting? For the rational soul is not under fate, and the ethical virtues are irrational, because they pertain to the irrational part. You only have ethics for for dealing with basically the world, right? What if you weren't in the world? Why do you need ethics? The If the soul was departed from the body, does it need irrational virtues? <laughs> not, not everything about the, um, the physical life is rational. No? The, right, ethical, the physical that. life is irrational, so you need ethical virtues. Uh, for the rational soul is not under fate, and the ethical virtues are irrational because they pertain to the irrational part according to the political virtues we know, mundane affairs, and according to the carthartic, super-mundane. But as possessing the theoretic, we know intellectual, and from the paradigmatic intellect, intelligible natures... Temperance also pertains to the ethical virtues, justice to the political, on account of compacts, fortitude to the cathartic, through no, though not verging to matter, and prudence to the theoretic. Goodness sakes. I still couldn't pay attention in philosophy class. So. I guess that's why I didn't major in philosophy. <laughs> I was flunked out of philosophy. Temperance also pertains to the ethical virtues, justice to the political on account of compacts, fortitude to the cathartic, though not verging to matter, and prudence to the theoretic. You see, I I just took mute. I was in music school, and I felt the answer was just to play Bach or Beethoven. <laughs> um, I didn't understand philosophy. <laughs> Observe too that Plato in the Phaedo calls the physical virtues servile, because they may subsist in servile souls. But he calls the ethical adumbrations, adumbrations, it's a Greek word, adumbrations, the Greek word being adumbrations. In Greek? Mm -hmm. No, I wish I could say the Greek words. So. Mm. You see, you should learn the Greek letters. I should know the Greek letters by name. All, those years that they did All that time studying <laughs> Greek. Uh, 
Je know, I was reading the Greek alphabet is a prayer on itself. Eh? The Greek alphabet? Mm -hmm. The Greek alphabet? Mm -hmm. How terrible. Why? Because we don't say A, B, C, we say alpha. It's a whole word. Well, the first word is says, how oh, could I not know that one? It's not an A, though. It looks like... Uh, What's the English word again? Ab Adumbrations doesn't start with an A, Alpha. Find out what the, Greek, the English is. What the Aska, English is? Aska, like, uh, what, what the, define it or yeah. pronunciation? Define it, what the definition Adum, adum, uh, adumbrations. Alexa, define the word adumbrations. Hmm, I don't know that one. Uh, Alexa, can you pronounce the word A-D-U-M-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S? Hmm, I don't know that. <laughs> Say it again. Say it, Alexa. Still, leave her alone. She's had enough. It's, it's, she's overworked in a way. Will he get here in Walton's place or now? She may become platonic if she keeps this up. But he calls the ethical adumbrations because their possessors only know that the energies of such virtues are right but do not know why they are so. Do we supposed to know why virtues are right? Huh? What if we know the virtues? Should we know why they're right? Huh? For some virtues, not for all of them. We can't know? It, says for some virtues to be it is well observed to here by Olympiodorus that Plato calls the cathartic and the theoretic virtues those which are in reality true virtues. He also separates them in another way, vis-a-vis -vis that the political is not telestic. In other words, do not pertain to mystic ceremonies, but that the cathartic and theoretic are telestic. Yeah. See, the political virtues are not telestic, but the mystical ones would be, pertain to mystical ceremonies. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mystical ceremonies do not pertain to mystical ceremonies, but that the cathartic and theoretic are telestic. Uh, oh God, I don't know. You should know what that word is, telestic. Well, let's see. When you go to the church, they have a telesy. They they have a special memorial. Let's say they have oh. a special liturgy to memorize somebody. So those. Are, Tell us, tell us, sacrifice. Uh, Talistic, they used to do, those, those do they have mystic ceremonies <laughs> at the yes, church? Yeah. They Is our reading of this book a mystic ceremony, or is it holistic? Uh, I don't know if it's a mystic ceremony. It's just reading. Hence, Olympiodorus adds the cathartic virtues are denominated from the purification 
which is used in the mysteries. All right, the cathartic. To get initiated, you have to have cathartic virtues. You have to. It's denominated from the purification. Mm. Yeah, okay, but you have to be, it's denominated from purification, which is used in the mysteries. So. Purification. Yeah. But the theoretic, from perceiving things divine, on this account he accords with the Orphic verses that the soul that uninitiated dies plunged in the blackest mire in Hades lies. Oh no. Do you think if we don't get initiated we could end up in the blackest mire in Hades? Oh my God. We better run off and get initiated. On this account he accords with the Orphic verses that you move all the way to to the Pluto planet, to the planet Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> what? The soul that uninitiated dies, plunged in the blackest mire in Hades lies. That's an Orphic verse. Hmm. So they used to scare people to get initiated. They better get initiated. Uh, Mm. I would get initiated right away, I think, uh -huh. if I knew that. Oh. Mm. Well, for initiation is the divinely inspired energy of the virtues, Olympiodorus. Uh, Are you going to make coffee? We come to the point where I ask if you're making coffee. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, not even nine yet. Right about at point six two point six two one six one eight. At the right about at the golden mean of the reading I ask about the coffee. Mm -hmm. My virtue is just to drink coffee all the time. That's it. And the modern man, his, the only virtue that modern hand, man has is the drinking of coffee. Mm -hmm. and then you drink a lot of more things, yeah. Is there anything else one can drink or imbibe if, most, if they're not initiated? Or if you get initiated, you could drink uh, Maybe something else. <laughs> For initiation is the divinely inspired energy of the virtues. I'm going to, I can stop it so you can make coffee. Okay. All right? As we reach the golden mean of this reading, we to stop for coffee. So at the golden mean, we, had some, we always get coffee. We're continuing. Where we said that on this account he accords with the Orphic verses that <clears throat> the soul that uninitiated dies plunged in the blackest mire in Hades lies. <clears throat> For initiation is the divinely inspired energy of the virtues. Uh, 
Olympiodorus also further observes that by the Thyarsus bearers, Plato means those that energize according to the political virtues, but by the Bacchus, those that exercise the cathartic virtues. What's a th t Tyrsus bearer? T H Y R S U S. I have to get my glass here. Tears, bears. For we are bound in matter as titans. The Let me see. what? Let me see. This one. Tears, bears. I probably don't know. I don't know. I can check on the. Uh, I. For we are bound in matter as titans through the great partability of our nature, but we rise from the dark mire as Bacchuses. Uh, hence we become more prophetic at the time of death. And Bacchuses. Celsius, uh, ancient Greece and Rome, mm -hmm. a staff of spear mm -hmm. tipped with an ornament like a pine, pine cone, mm -hmm. carried by Bacchus and his followers. Bacchus. So, Bacchus and his father used to carry that. Interesting, all the. You see, you, you think those are all. Uh, <coughs> Dear, uh, the word telestic means. Telesticos means mystery religion. Yeah, I told you, it's some things that you do in a religion. So, what Telesis. we do what we do when we read about. Pythagoras is up when you do communion, it's a talisis of a mystery. This is a talisis of Pythagoras. Uh -huh. mm. The closest we come. I mean, his religion is pretty much a mystery religion to us. So. Mm. We're trying to figure out the mystery. Once we become more prophetic at the time of death, and Bacchus is the inspective guardian of death, because he's likewise of everything pertaining to the Bacchic sacred rites. Those are telestic rites, or mystic ceremonies. All the virtues, likewise, exhibit their proper characters, these being everywhere common, but subsisting appropriately in each. And the characteristic property of fortitude is the not declining to things subordinate of temperance. Conversion from an inferior nature of justice, of proper energy, and which is adopted to being and of prudence, the election and selection of things good and evil. Hmm. Olympiodorus. Who is he, Olympiodorus? Hmm. He's a somebody. Olympiodorus further observes that all the virtues are in the gods, for many gods, says he, are adorned with their appellations, and all goodness originates from the gods. Likewise, prior to things which sometimes participate the virtues, as in our case, it is necessary there should be natures. Well, uh, Olympiodorus, the younger philosopher, mm. Olympiodorus of Thebes, also mm. there, too. Okay. Philosopher, astrologer, teacher who lived mm. in early years of the Byzantine Empire. Mm. And uh, what 
Vita Justinian Declin, 529 AD, it's like a thousand years after Pythagoras, which closed Plato's academy in Athens and other pagan schools. You see that? Mm -hmm. He closed them. And Olympiodorus of Thebes now, that's an ancient one, of Thebes mm -hmm. was an historical writer of classical education, a poet by profession, and he says of himself he was born at Thebes in Egypt and was sent on a mission to the homes of the Black Sea by Emperor er uh, Honorius, about 412. Uh, and he lived in the court of Theodosius, uh, so, so no, they were both uh, like uh, five, close to four, five hundred BC. I don't know if Ambicus himself is from Byzantium. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. Yeah, but he's still busy. He's still... Uh, BC? Uh -huh. Goodness. I don't know. How can you be BC, dear? Exactly. Yeah, because he was like 200 BC? No, that? he's not. He's 200 AD. He AD. Was, he was after Apollonius. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But when was that Olympiodorus? So we got two Olympiodorus, one All from right. Thebes, <clears throat> 400. Uh, the other one, uh, the other one was a pagan. He was actually he he closed the Greek uh, mm. ancient Greek theaters, etc. So probably he's not the one they referred to. Likewise, prior to things which sometimes participate the virtues, as in our case it is necessary, there should be natures which always participate them. In what order, therefore, do the virtues appear? Shall we say in the physical, in the psychical? For virtue is the perfection of the soul. And election and pre-election are the energies and projections of the soul. Hence the Chaldean, Chal Calder Chaldean, C-H-A-L-D-A-E-A-N, oracles conjoin frontal virtue with frontal soul, F-O-N-T-A-L, goodness, or in other words, with soul subsisting according to cause, goodness. That's like I need your phone to look up words. <laughs> We're doing an extremely deliberate analytical, very detailed analysis. Fondo, uh -huh. fondo means cheese. Uh -huh. Does it have another meaning? Fondo. Just okay. cheese pertaining to or no. coming from fountain or spring pertaining to or being the source okay. of something the or the source fontal is the source the source virtue <laughs> like fountain the source or the fountain huh? fontal so you know that to be to mean fountain was that a Greek word <laughs> fontal. No. In other words, with soul subsisting according to cause, but may it not also be said that the virtues naturally wish to give an orderly arrangement to that which is disordered. If this be admitted, they will originate from the demiurgical order. How then will they be cathartic then there? May we not say, 
Olympiodorus adds that through the cathartic virtues considered according to their causal subsistence in Jupiter, the demiurgus, he is enabled to abide in his accustomed mode, as Plato says in the Timaeus. And further still, according to the ancient theologist, he ascends to the tower of Saturn, who is a pure intellect. Uh, do we have pure intellects at this point? Uh, hmm. No. There's a bird out there, look. Tower of Saturn. We have a bird there. Where? Right there. It's not in the windows here. Oh, it is, huh? Does he come for the reading, that bird? Left. We should, we should give him some cookies. I wonder if Pythagoras' readings attract the birds. Mm -hmm. As this distribution of the virtues, however, is at present no less novel than important. The following discussion of them from the um, auxiliaries up to intelligibles of Forfury is added for the sake of the genuinely philosophic reader. Here we... God, I'm going to have to learn Greek. There's no way that... We can proceed till I know Greek. Ah, po, po, yay, pi, bros. Maybe I should just read it in ancient Greek and be done with it. Let me see. Even if I can't pronounce it, I can read it. for me, prostanoita. That's. Uh, reasons for the noita is what you understand. Noisy is the. <laughs> you could the be. Ability a, to understand. That's auxiliaries to intelligibles mm -hmm. then. Auxiliaries of to intelligibles. Of Do we porphyry. need. We need an auxiliary. I need somebody. Is that you? You could be like an auxiliary to the intelligibles in greeting Greek. You could be the minister of Greek reading, <laughs> high priest of Greek. Oh. A forfeit is added for the sake of the genuinely philosophic reader. There is one kind of virtues pertaining to the political character, and another to the man who tends to contemplation. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not political, or I don't tend to want to be. <laughs> So I'm interested in the virtues for contemplation. Mm -hmm. And on this account is called theoretic and is now a beholder. And there are also other virtues pertaining to intellect, so far as it is intellect and separate from the soul. The virtues indeed of the political character, which consist in the moderation of the passions, are characterized by following and being obedient to the reasoning about that which is becoming in actions. I guess you should be reasonable in uh, becoming uh, in actions. Uh -huh. hmm. If you're in politics. Uh -huh. Hence, looking to an innoxious converse with neighbors, they are denominated from the aggregation of fellowship political. 
And prudence, indeed, subsist about the reasoning part, fortitude about the irascible part, temperance in the consent, and sympathy of the apathematic with the reasoning part, and justice in each of these performing is proper employment with respect to governing and being governed. But the virtues of him who proceeds to the contemplative life consist in a departure from terrestrial concerns. We, are we, should we be concerned with departure from terrestrial concerns? If we are pursuing contemplative not, life... Not, not hmm? to be concerned in that case. But the virtues of him who proceeds to the contemplative life consist in a departure from terrestrial concerns. See a lot of a lot That's of their, like a lot of mystical mysticism or meditative practice is just withdrawal from physical life. Is that why they were not liked? Just withdraw. Can we do it without a monastery? <laughs> we may have to. <laughs> could you do it at part time like just a few hours in the morning I can wake up early and meditate I could withdraw completely <laughs> hence also they are called purifications being surveyed in the refraining from corporeal actions and avoiding sympathies with the body for these are the virtues of the soul elevating itself to true being Wow, this is like uh, the contemplative life, the true being, the virtues of elevating the soul itself to true being. Yeah. Is that yeah. like just take an elevator up to your the third eye, or your what do they mean side. by it? The same thing, sweetie. It's like you're acting like you're in your own. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You're too. No, I'm acting ignorant to, to for to make the point to 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 see if I can. And you read the same things uh, like yesterday. You read the same thing about non be, not to be concerned about the terrestrial. Okay. Not to be attached. They use a different verb. Attachment. Mm -hmm. Withdrawal from attachments. Mm -hmm. By the virtues of him who proceeds to the contemplative life consist in a departure from terrestrial concerns. Hence also they are called purifications. Uh, being surveyed in the refraining from corporeal actions and avoiding sympathies with the body, for these are the virtues of the soul elevating itself to true being. Elevated itself. Uh -huh. The political virtues, therefore, adorn the mortal man and are the forerunners of purifications, for it is necessary that he who is adorned by these should abstain from doing anything precedentaneously in conjunction with the body, hence in purifications, not to opine with body, but to energize alone. Wow. How do you energize alone? Give subsistence to prudence, which derives its perfection through energizing intellectually with purity. 
but not to be similarly passive what the body constitutes temperance not to fear a departure from body as into something void not to fear a departure from body as into something void and non-entity that's like being and non-being give subsistence to fortitude wow that you can gain fortitude by not fearing a departure from body as into something void and non-entity give subsistence to fortitude but when reason and intellect are the leaders and there is no resistance this is very good stuff no resistance Justice is produced. It says that reason and intellect should be the leader. There is no resistance from the intellect in the irrational part. Justice is produced. Disposition, therefore, according to the political virtues, is surveyed in the moderation of the passions, having for its end to live as man conformable to nature. But the disposition, according to the theoretic virtues, is beheld in apathy and the end of which is solemnitude to God. Hmm. Wow, we have to stop because uh, of time limits. Uh -huh. hmm. Hmm. Very interesting statements, actually. Hmm. Let me read also that last one. These quotes here are like golden. Uh -huh. Golden. Not to fear a departure from the body as into something void and non-entity gives subsist subsistence to fortitude. But when reason and intellect are the leaders and there is no resistance from the irrational part, justice is produced. The disposition, therefore, according to the political virtues, is surveyed in the moderation of the passions having for its end to live a man as men comfortable to nature, conforma conformable to nature. But the disposition according to the, the theoretic virtues is beheld in apathy, mm. the end of which is uh, a similitude to God. Mm. 